a lot of people wish me ill and want to see bad things happen to me because of mistakes that I made in my past. I was shocked to see how many people you've outed in the LGBT community. I knew in the moment everything I was doing was wrong. It didn't bother me if I hurt people along the way. I don't even understand like that mentality almost. But I'm an icon. Yeah. And icons are forever. Are forever. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Let's Get Into It podcast hosted by me, Sloan, where we talk about the dark side of the Hollywood industry and we confront controversy. Today, we are joined by Perez Hilton, who is a celebrity gossip legend. How are you doing, Perez? I am happy to be here. Thank you. I am... I'm doing very calm. I, I was going to say, word. I'm like, is Prez off a perk right now? Because you are like very <laughs> no, calm. No, I'm just well rested. I'm ex- looking forward to a, a, a boring few days. Yeah. I had a very exciting and exhausting summer in Las Vegas with my kids and my mom. We were there for two months. Oh my gosh. Uh, and did so much. Uh, and now it's, you know, back to the grind and... Um, just happy to be home again. Yeah, that's exciting. So yeah. you guys, if you have not heard of Prez, you can find him all over the internet, Instagram, Twitter. I believe you're now back on TikTok, correct? You uh, were you were banned off of TikTok though, yeah, right? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> well, I, he is on TikTok, but he I don't was, know if I am. <laughs> yeah, but it's not actually him. Anyways, he was banned <laughs> back in December 2020, right? Yes. I just want to briefly talk about that because mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, if you look at the people who are being banned off of TikTok, it's like Andrew Tate. It's like, you know, extremely controversial people who have put out content that is, you know, damaging. So I feel like it's a it, it was a huge move for TikTok to go and ban you because I'm not for censorship. So when I saw that, I was like taken back. Can you explain a little bit of like what happened? You know, I wish they would have given me specific examples, but they just claimed in a vague statement that I violated their community guidelines. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure any average user of TikTok has had at least one video of theirs taken down for violating community guidelines. It's it's very um, subjective. Mm -hmm. And um, I look back at that experience now Well, it started with the D'Amelios, right? Like you made a video or some type of comment. I left a comment on a video that Charlie D'Amelio made and she was 15 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. You're good. So wearing a bikini and doing a little dance. I believe this was in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charlie was just 15 years old and she was at the beach and made a, a TikTok uh, with a, a very suggestive dance to a song with, I would say, hypersexualized lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I am officially an old dad now. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I left an okay comment. Mm-hmm. I simply asked, is this appropriate? And I think TikTok was a very different place back then. Yeah, uh, It was a lot younger skewing and she was the most followed or close to being the most followed person on TikTok. And her fans, 
then I turned into their enemy mm. and they started to just report every single one of my videos. And they used to have these things called fairy comments where they would leave like the most disgusting comments to me, like death wishes and things like that. But I look back at that now with the whole time on TikTok. It was a lot of fun. And I definitely made mistakes mm -hmm. and I definitely regret a lot of things, but a lot of folks probably remember me crying about being banned mm -hmm. from TikTok. And I would say that that was not the reason really for me crying. Um, it was, uh, it wasn't the cause, it was a symptom. Mm. And underneath that was a lot more that I was dealing with. I was dealing with severe depression then. I mean, we have to remember, December 2020, we were still in peak pandemic times. Yeah. I have three children and I had been dealing with a lot that year from homeschooling to my mother's health issues to carry over from 2019 that I never even processed with her long-term boyfriend who lived with us yeah. dying. And you had 1.6 million followers on there. So it wasn't like, it, it was like a little old account. Like this was something that you did well on and mm -hmm. you grew on and you almost like gained a new but type of listen, fan base. But listen, I don't think it was the right decision, but at the end of the day, any platform can ban anybody for any reason. Yeah. Even on YouTube, for example, YouTube is your big platform, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say, and, and YouTube has said they can and may and could do something like this. Mm -hmm. You don't violate any YouTube policies, but if you do something, let's say on Twitter, mm. if you tell somebody to kill themselves on Twitter, mm -hmm. YouTube could ban you on YouTube for what you said and did on Twitter. Yeah. I don't think that's appropriate. Yeah. But they have the right to do that. They, and they have that in their bylaws. It's in the, the YouTube community guidelines. That's, that's just why, how things are. And censorship is so scary because these companies, like, they, they pretend they're, or they act as if they're a moral authority in the situation and they deem what's appropriate, what's not. And they should be, you know, privatized in a way that, like, it doesn't have a domino effect where you're just removed off of everything just because you violated the rules on one. Um, that is what can happen. Yeah. That is the reality of the situation in this day and age. But, you know, I, um, if there was anybody that was unhappy with me in 2020, I would like to apologize to them. <laughs> I've learned a lot from that experience. And since then, and I think I am a better person because of it all. I would say there's probably people from every year that you could apologize to. Yeah. And I... And However, I would say I don't expect forgiveness, mm -hmm. nor does it even matter to me because I feel like I have redeemed myself. I have forgiven myself, which mm -hmm. is a lot more healing or powerful. I am at peace. Yeah. And I am living a happy and healthy life. And I know that that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. A lot of people say, oh, I want karma to get mm -hmm. him. Like a lot of people wish me ill and want to see bad things happen to me because of mistakes that I made in my past. Yeah. And that is very telling about those people is well, I guess the best way to describe it. And I would say when it comes to 
you know, making poor choices and owning up to them. I mean, there's no other better way to do it. You acknowledge it, you accept it, you've come to terms with it because yeah. nobody wants anyone like staying up at night worrying about what they did, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And, you know, I full, fully take accountability for everything that I did in the past because even though people are still bringing up receipts from 2007, mm -hmm. that was 15 years ago, but in 2007, I was still an adult. Yeah. I couldn't claim the ignorance of youth. I can't say, oh, I was only a teenager. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully I can serve as a cautionary tale for your, your audience, uh, regardless of age, that the things you say on social media could haunt you forever. I was doing research on you today and I've always known who you are because my father's always been a fan of your website. I would go down as a, you know, I was in third grade, fourth grade, and I would see it on this website. I would oh. look at it and stuff. And um, I'm a gay man. I don't know if you identify as gay. And I was, I came out at like 15, but I didn't really like come out because um, an older guy took advantage of me and kind of like forced me out inside of high school. And it was really hard because I was growing up in like a country area you know, my teachers were calling me faggot. My, I wasn't able to get a driver's license because the guy said I drove like a woman and I was a pussy and all these things. So I was subjected to so much hate because of this one like guy who selfishly wanted to have me and wanted to publicly, I guess, expose me. And so, and I, I'm not trying to argue with you because I don't think that you need to argue because I think you're at peace and you're at terms of every, everything that's happened. But I was shocked to see how many people you've outed in the LGBT community. And again, I'm not trying to like, we're not trying to book right now. I'm just saying, cause I think it's something that was, it's completely different obviously now compared to 15 years ago. I don't ago. know if it's that different now, to be honest. Well, I guess there was one recently who was kind of like, there was like some- No, the, the difference is now I feel like it's become accepted, acceptable for the mainstream media to out women but it's still not something that you do with men. But like Kristen Stewart, for example, when she started seeing women, the mainstream media was, was talking about it. And there have been other instances. Uh, it seems more acceptable and, and norm to do that. I mean, even recently this year, there was the whole Rebel Wilson incident down in mm, Australia yeah, where a reporter yeah. was gonna be talking about her new relationship. Um, but you know, back in, in, in pre 2010, when all of these happened with me, you know, the, I love to be honest. And like I said, I can't claim the ignorance of youth, nor can I even claim ignorance. I knew in the moment, everything I was doing was wrong. Not everything, but I knew when, when I was doing something wrong, I knew it. And I didn't care. So like, I just cared about the attention. Okay. So it didn't bother me if I hurt people along the way. And that's another reason why if I wasn't me, I don't even know if I would be willing to give me grace or understanding or acknowledge the growth. I fully understand how a lot of people might be able to, might say, you know what? He's not as awful as he used to be, mm -hmm. but he's still awful. Yeah. I get that. And I, and, you know, and, with, and specifically with regards to the outing people, I would tell myself, 
with everything that I did, I would tell myself all sorts of different BS talking points to help me go to sleep at night. So with that, I would say, well, you know, I'm just talking to my readers like I would talk to my friends. And I get that. I feel that way with my my platform as well. It's almost like yeah. sometimes I do it and I don't even really feel like the the implications of it all because it's still I am still clicking together how many views or how many people actually go and see these posts. So and thankfully I learned the lesson eventually. You yeah. shouldn't say everything you think. And not everyone learns that lesson. Yeah. Look at Donald Trump. He never learned that lesson and he ended up going all the way to the White House. So before, just take me back though, like how did you know, like back in 2004, before your blog was even fully developed, like how did you know Clay Aiken was gay? Did you just like look at him and know? I had seen, I think somebody had sent photos of, he was, I don't even know if this site exists anymore, but he, <laughs> well, I don't even, mean, we don't need to mention, cause I don't want people searching for okay. it. Yeah, that's fine. So um, he was on a gay, allegedly, he was on a gay hookup site oh. and somebody allegedly sent me photos. <laughs> I think it might've even allegedly been the guy he hooked up with. <laughs> Shit. So when did your website, like the website we know now today, when did you first launch that? I started, you know, really even before social media, it was September, 2004. Okay. So then it was, Right, you know, before. it was MySpace era. Mm. Uh, it was literally the same month or within a couple months of Facebook launching. There was no YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat or any of that. I started on this platform, which I think still exists, called Blogspot or Blogger. Okay. Um, mm. Rosie O'Donnell used to have her, a blog on Blogspot as well, which she used to write poetry on, <laughs> and. Um, it made it easy because I'm not a tech savvy person. If having my own blog would have been difficult, I probably would have never done it. And that was just the thing at the time. If I was 20 years younger, I probably would have been a TikToker or mm. whatever the new thing yeah. is, you know? Well, you kind of are. I mean, your Instagram reels are doing really great. Thanks. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
So I don't want to beat a dead horse with this topic. I kind of want to move on to the next one, but I just want to briefly go through. So when it comes to like Lance Bass, Neil Patrick Harris, Anderson Cooper, you've said things that have suggested their like sexuality and such. Do you feel remorse for that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I feel not just remorse, I feel regret and shame. And that's something that I, I, um, it will be a stain on my life. Yeah. Even after I'm dead. When it comes to Lauren from Fifth Harmony, you were quoted saying back in 2016 that you don't feel bad for that one. No, because I don't view it as outing her. Yeah. I never speculated on her sexuality. You just like shared a photo that was circulating. Yeah. And I said, why are her fans making a big deal about this? Like it could have just been like, I didn't know a backstory. I didn't know it was her her girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's just her and another girl kissing and they're at a wedding like it's no big deal like i had no intention of outing her i didn't view it as outing her i didn't know it was her girlfriend or anything of like anything like that and i guess it's easier for you to mentally look at it that way because you when you were outing like kind of the other people you knew yeah i had information yeah Yeah. here you weren't like you know running around saying like she's a lesbian or you know gay or however she identifies so back in 2016, Angelina Jolie threatened to sue you over her coverage, over your coverage of her divorce with Brad Pitt. I don't remember the details, but I do remember her lawyer sent me a letter. Yeah, like a cease and desist, probably something like along those lines. I don't lines. even know it was a cease and desist. It, might, it was some kind of letter. And I and I got real testy over that. I'm Ooh. like, I have been a huge supporter of Angelina yeah. Jolie. How dare you send me this letter? So when... um. When you posted your reply back to the lawyer, I don't really even care to talk about the Angelina or Brad situation. I was really interested in your reply back to her because you mentioned Brian Friedman. Are you still working with Brian Friedman? Yeah. Why? Do you have you like done any research into into him? No. He's been my lawyer for like over a decade. I know. We were actually just protesting at his office like a few weeks ago. He's Jamie Lynn Spears' lawyer and he's Diplo's lawyer, and it seems like he's got a certain type of clientele that he is good at protecting. Well, um, good. He's my lawyer. <laughs> I know. Well, he has been able to cover up his alleged rape that he raped a woman back in the 1980s, um, towards the end of 80s, which that story will be broken out. It's alleged. But um, yeah, I just was like shocked when I saw his name because I was looking through just stories of you this morning. And when I saw Brian Friedman, I was like, holy shit, this guy is like going to be the next big thing from what I've heard. <laughs> But um, just want to see. Well, I I never. He's heard done of that. you well though. <laughs> yeah, he has. I'm sure he can make things go away. I'm sure too. Like the guy scares me a little bit. So well, I mean, if, <laughs> even saying allegedly, I mean, even an alleged rape accusation, yeah, can get you in trouble. Yeah, I mean, there's because the thing is, what I've learned, unfortunately, yeah, the word alleged does not absolve you. Here's why. At the end of the day. The person with the most money wins. Yeah. Because somebody can sue you just to break you. Somebody can sue you even if you're right because they know they can outlawyer you and it'll cost you so much money to fight that lawsuit. And there's not a lawyer that's going to represent you for free in a situation like that. Yeah. So that Has is unfortunate. Has that happened to you or someone? Oh, yeah, has tried in the past. That's why I had to make settlements. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen like a little bit of those. Um, who was like the most difficult person? I mean, can you even speak about these cases? No, it's all confidential. Yeah. You know, that's part of the, the settlement agreements. Yeah. Do you, have you been kind of like 
fucked financially by that. Like, yeah, was, of course. <laughs> yeah. I spoke about that all. I'm very transparent. And I spoke about that in depth in my memoir that came mm -hmm. out in 2020, which if you want to get, mm -hmm. PerezHiltonBook.com. And he's got a podcast that will be linked below. You can yes, check out. Yes, PerezPodcast.com. <laughs> I'm all about a vanity URL. Yeah, I love that. Um, so let's go back in time a little bit to the early 2000s because that's where a lot of people like believed you popped off. I mean, mm -hmm. you said you've been doing this for a while, but like back then, I think at some point you were getting like 8 million hits a day is what I I was heard. an it girl. Yeah, you were, you yeah. were the it girl. I mean, you were up on my dad's website. Like mm -hmm. I was over in Virginia, like you were everywhere. So, um, when it comes to like misogyny, a lot of people have labeled you as a misogynist because of your coverage of like Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton and things like that. And um, my answer to that would be yes. However, a lot of women are guilty of the same thing because you just have to think back on what I was covering. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Us Weekly and all of the celebrity magazines were covering the same thing. And all of those magazines were made up primarily of women. Mm, doing the same thing to women. So yeah, exactly. I so guess I think, yes, I was, and I, am, and I accept that, but I think it also was, and I'm not saying just because everybody else did it, it absolves me. I'm just saying yeah. the topics we were covering that's what everybody did back then. And but but it's like that age old expression, if everybody jumps off a bridge, are you gonna jump off a bridge? Mm -hmm. No, I still wrote those things and I still did it. And I think in December, 2021, you're quoted saying like, I've accepted that in the minds of the overwhelming majority, I am irredeemable, which I think that's really sad though. I don't think, I don't think that you I do actually think believe you're irredeemable. Oh, though. I do. That's why I recently redeemed myself when I stopped expecting or truly wanting it from the outside world, mm -hmm. there was this shift where I was like, you know what? You're never going to get it. So it was, it was a, it was a process from, from that point to the point where I'm at now where I was like, well, you know what? I don't need it. Yeah. I have redeemed myself. Yeah. So I think when we're looking back at the early two thousands, when we see like maybe the contrast between your posting and some of the publishers who were posting about the same stories. I think not even publishers, but even television. Yeah. I mean, that infamous Diane Sawyer interview was included in that framing Britney Spears documentary. So many quote problematic clips from the view. Yeah. It was a very different time for the entirety of media, not just specifically celebrity media. I think I agree with what you're saying there. The part that I think is different is that like the like Us Weekly wasn't posting like bitch, whore, hoe, no, no. slut. Like those are the words that like, you know, I think separated you from them. Or yeah, I was the most shocking on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mean, it was designed to get a reaction out of people. Did you know? Like I said, it was, I was calculated. I was strategic. Very clickbait ask. Yes. Did you even like know that term back then? Like, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I never, I don't even like that term. Uh, for me, it was more like, no, not trolling. I never trolled. Who was the one that said you're like the biggest troll? Her name was like me. Mila her, Kunis. Yeah, Mila yes. Kunis. Yeah. She said you were like a huge troll. <laughs> that was flattering. Yeah. <laughs> I invented trolling. She said. Yeah. Um, I, to me, a troll is somebody who like that Ava Louise girl, she's a, like a peer of yours. She's a troll where yeah. she'll like make things up. Yeah, quite literally make. Yeah, literally story. make things up. 
If I said something, I believed it. I could troll, but I was not a troll. I could troll as a verb, mm -hmm. but I was not a troll, yeah. na the noun. Yeah. Like the perfect example of a way to troll as a verb. Sometimes, like, and I think this is just silly, lighthearted fun. Like there was a period of time there where Kim Kardashian was posting tons of naked photos on Instagram. And whenever she would do that, I would always troll her photos by saying something totally innocuous. Like she's naked and I'm like, oh my God, the paint on that wall is so cute. What color of paint is uh -huh. that? And are That's you saying trolling. that in like a comment form or like making a story about that? No, in a comment oh, okay. on her post. Yeah. Yeah. Because your stories aren't necessarily like nowadays like much trolling in no, general. No, I don't think so. It's kind of almost like just like up a lot of updates. Because I noticed yeah. you post a lot on your website. Yeah. So do you still post like the pictures where you draw cum on their face? No, no, we don't do that. When did, like, so can we talk about that? Because I just don't even know how you mentally got there. Like when did you first do that? Like what inspired you to like draw the come dripping out of there. <laughs> I mean, well, I, at first starting with drawing on the photos because I've always been a good marketer. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't go to business school, but I think I, I just had instincts that helped me along the way. And I knew that if I doodled on my pictures, if people shared them across the internet and social media, that everybody would know where they're from. Kind of like a meme. Yeah, but, but the, uh, you know, the doodle was iconic and a signature to me. Mm -hmm. Nobody else was doing that. Yeah. So everybody would always know where that photo was from and where they can go to get more information. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and once again, I'm not blaming the internet or social media, but like it could happen with others on apps or on the web. When I first started, it wasn't as toxic as it became mm. it, it progressively became that yeah so it, so when know, you were first drawing the cum were you kind of like doing it in a lighthearted way and then it became not, kind of like yeah, a, it was not even lighthearted i'm like this is so stupid and it made me laugh mm -hmm. like the stupidity of it all like this is so dumb and it, funny to me there and it's like nobody was really safe from it so many people yeah got the prez and <laughs> cum shot on their face so Let's talk a little bit about Britney Spears because Britney Spears has been a big part of like my career on YouTube. I kind of started with talking about the free Britney movement and then I've grown into other topics and gone from there. I think you've alluded to this earlier on when you said that you just like liked the feeling of like getting the attention for posting these things. But my question is like, do you have like a deep hatred for Britney Spears Not or did you just love the attention you got from making those stories? I never hated her. Even when I was hypercritical, I was always justifying it by saying, well, this is what a lot of people think. Yeah. Same with Diane Sawyer when she was interviewing Britney in that infamous interview and she brought up the driving with the child on her lap without a seatbelt. You know, she shared thoughts that a lot of other people held. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy though to forget that and give me a lot more power than I ever had. Mm. I am I, did I make things worse for Britney Spears? Yes. But am I responsible for being, for her being in a conservatorship? No. Britney Spears has severe mental health issues. 
Do you still make fun of those nowadays or do you make fun of what? I don't know. I took a quote from an article. He called her a bad mother, criticized her appearance Back in and the made day, repeated. Yeah. yeah, but you don't do that anymore. No. no. Yeah, because I saw you just recently covering the drama with her children mm-hmm. um, and things like that, which I want to talk about in a second. But I have to mention, I have to like know where your mind was when Heath Ledger died and you made a shirt. I didn't make a shirt. Then that it doesn't make things better, but <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't make a shirt. Did you mock up a shirt or something? No. Or? Here's what I did. Back in the day, I purposefully wanted to upset people. Mm-hmm. So I had this ongoing series that I used to do called, if you're easily offended, do not click here. Mm. So I would purposefully link. Like a column of like random stories that you would. It was always an article oh. with no photo. It was just an invitation for crazy people to click on the link and see what the most offensive thing of the day was. Yeah. So I linked to a t-shirt that somebody was selling. Oh. So I wasn't selling. So you didn't like sell it and make it. No, I didn't make it. I didn't sell it. I linked to it purposefully trying to be offensive. That was the whole point. Yeah. And it definitely was offensive. Yeah. And that's kind of gotten It kind of sucks how it's like along, now. Yeah. Because yeah, now when years. I looked it up this morning, it, it, they sort like source it as your work, you know? Yeah. No, Which, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, there is so much out there just about you in general. Like just, it's crazy the amount of press that you've had for, you know. Well, I've been doing it for nearly now. 20 years now. Yeah. So what do you think about the situation right now with Britney's children? So they're, the children have just done a... 60 minutes with Kevin Federline and they're supposedly speaking out against their mom and now Brittany's speaking I out think, against them. I think... Do you think the kids are just? Because you said for years how bad Brittany was of as, like, as a I mother. I think everybody should believe everybody, if that makes any sense. I think there's some truth to every side, you know? I think, you know, when we hear from Brittany, we should believe her. And I also think when we... If we're going to extend that grace to her, we should extend that same grace to her children. And it's been very interesting to hear and see the response to Jaden, her son speaking out and seeing all these Britney fans name calling her son and not believing him and all of that. I think you can believe both. And the truth is maybe on one side or the other, or perhaps the truth is somewhere in the middle. Or they they both have that same truth and they just view it differently. Yeah, different perspectives, yeah. you know, life experiences. So when you were back then, like, you know, claiming that she was a bad mother, take away your kids. I mean, I found a, actually, you know what I did? I went to your page today and I looked up like Britney Spears articles and I would go to like the URL and I'd type in like page 400 to take me back to like 2007. <laughs> Long time ago. Yeah. Yes. Hun- like hundreds of pages of stories. And I found a few just like in July, 2007, you went so hard on her. It's like almost every article, bad Britney, take her kids away. Um, doesn't Britney behave like a woman that has severe psychological issues? I think this bitch is totally bipolar and she's manic. So, as like, do you, did you, and it's fine if you, like, I feel like a lot of the things you've said in the past, like you'd said it because shock value, whatever. Did you actually feel this way in this moment, in this moment that Brittany was like a terrible mother and yes, take away her kids? I did. And like I said earlier, I've realized, A, you don't always have to say everything you think, or B, if you're still going to share your opinion, there are less harmful ways to do that. Yeah. You know, like for example... This week, or when, you know, recently, um, Kanye West has been very vocal on Instagram. And for me, that's been 
a delicate topic to address. And, I, and I've been very mindful of how I've discussed it. Not to toot my own freaking horn, but I think I've done a better job than your average person because there's so many people saying things like, oh, Connie is crazy, he's yeah. so crazy, but using that C word as a real mm. negative when, yeah, Kanye has mental health issues and people speculating about his mental health. Like, I don't know if he's having a mental health breakdown right now. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know if Kanye is, quote, off his meds. Mm -hmm. Do you know if he's off his meds? What I do know is what he's sharing with the world, very private information yeah. about his ex-wife and his children. And, you know, I, I um, learned from my past and I could still have my opinion, but I try to express it in ways that are not cruel and won't be damaging to others. And like I said, sometimes I'll still make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I'm human, but I put thought, more thought into things now. When did you like have that switch? Because I would say like back in 2010, you posted a video, October 2010, you posted a video titled, yeah. I'm going to be doing things differently. And a lot of the comments were like, he's back to his old nasty ways, like three days after this video was posted. So do you feel like there was like a certain time, like where you really have like switched mentally where you're like, this is now cruel how I'm speaking, or was it kind of like a slow progression? To it like was a slow progression. And then there was a bigger moment. So I started to want to do things differently. I would say, Sometime in 2008, mm -hmm. you know, that was the year that I began my health journey. And I found for myself, the healthier I became, the happier I became. You were previously overweight, correct? Very. Yeah. And really very, overweight? I like, I like to, to frame it as unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. I was very unhealthy. Like back how then. large were you? Like 250 pounds. Okay. But it's not even about a number. Yeah. I mean, that's um, not that bad. What? 250 is not that big. I think it would be like 354, like Nikocado avocado vibes. I mean, maybe I was more than that. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I try to block it out <laughs> of my memory. Um, yeah, I was very unhealthy and then I got healthier and I have, and that really was transformative in every sense. But I was afraid to make a change because mm. I had been doing what I was doing by that point for many years. And I was afraid of people not liking me doing things differently. Yeah. So I just stayed the, stayed doing it the same way for a couple of years after that. And then in October of 2010, there was that um, rash of gay teenagers that died by suicide. Mm -hmm. And this older gay journalist, Dan Savage, created this movement and it, the It Gets Better campaign that was um, all these old folks making videos, directly speaking to young LGBT people. And I made a video. I think I was the first public figure to make an It Gets Better video. I saw a press release. And I'm like, this is a great idea. Let me do this. Yeah. But the response that I got really shook me to my core. Because a lot of people, is it because of the outing over the years? That it was everything. You know, saw you I as an thought, enemy? Yeah. I thought, in this moment of darkness, I am doing something to create positivity and light. But almost every single comment was like, how dare you make an It Gets Better video? You're a hypocrite. You're mm. a bully. You're part of the problem. And that's when I realized, well, God, that's not who I 
was in my heart, yeah. but it's who I have become. I can't stop hiding behind this character of Perez Hilton, which I would do for the longest time. I'm like, oh, it's just a character. Yeah. If people don't like what I'm saying, you know, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's just a character. It's not me. Yeah, but but I had to take real ownership of what I did. And that was in 2010. And I've made mistakes since then. And I'm a constant work in progress, constantly trying to learn from my mistakes and do better. It's so interesting too how we like are sitting here. We're talking about things that happened like 15 years ago, but they are still relevant. Like going back to the Britney. Well, the internet is forever. And like, and the, like I said, people will yeah. always have receipts and web archives and screenshots and things like that. Uh, it's so freaky to think about. Like, and I have to say, like, there, I don't know. There's just, it's so interesting now looking at Britney's children. They're grown. You know, she's out of this conservatorship and like their dynamic compared to like this, just like, I guess the media circus over their entire life, like the children's lives, like looking at it. I feel for them, for them all. I want to just know, like, when you were, I mean, of course, you've got, like, back then, you would have so many different sources, I'm sure, just coming from everywhere. You posted an article in July 2007, like I said, you, like, did a lot on Britney in that <laughs> one July. And it was, I just thought it was so interesting. You posted, like, just how badly did Britney's photo shoot go for the OK Magazine? And you put, like, during the photo shoot, she wiped her greasy hands on a $274 designer gown during lunch, let her puppy poop on a $6,700 Zach Posen gown, took frequent bathroom breaks with the door open. Um, where would you, like, get, the, like, the information of how, you know, Britney behaved on... I mean, I don't remember that specific yeah. story, but I did know people that worked at OK Magazine. And they would just like kind of come to you after. And well, that especially, you know, like if she did a photo, sh I like I said, I don't remember yeah. the details, but yeah. if she did a photo shoot for OK, they're not going to reveal those kinds of details then in mm. the magazine. Well, yeah. So someone like you just gained friends, I guess, through Hollywood and they would. Because I don't or understand. Or New like, York, you know, OK was, is, wasn't, still is, I think it, I don't know if it still is, but it was based out of New York City. So, and I went to college there and I worked there for a while. It's freaky to think about because like as someone like, like if you're a celebrity or influencer, it's like you really aren't safe anywhere because I can't imagine like, why did someone feel like they're at this photo shoot and they saw whatever happened, but like what in their mind is like, I want to go tell press about this because I want this to be a story. It's just like, I don't even understand like that mentality almost. It's not like you were paying these people or anything for- I've never paid. So no. it's like, I, I, it's like, I guess it really is just like an, everyone's out to get each other type of energy out here, right? I mean, I don't even think it's exclusive to Los Angeles. Yeah, it's just the inter <laughs> entertainment industry. Or the world. Well, that article, you ended it with <laughs> take her children away five times bolded. So you ultimately got what you, well, I don't know if you wanted this, but you, you know, it happened and now her children and her have like, there's doesn't seem to have much relationship at all. Um, but now that they're grown and everything, do you like, I guess deep down you'd wish like the best for them, right? Of like, course for all of them. Yeah. You're not like fuck them and the kids or whatever. No. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about Miley Cyrus, but before we do, let's talk about Flop Tina because you gave Christina this nickname back in, I think it was 2010. I gave her a few. Yeah. There were many. Are you cool with Christina Aguilera? I mean, I wouldn't say we're cool, but I've apologized many times in many ways to her and she's addressed that. Yeah. Um, she talked about it with Andy Cohen once and... I don't remember exactly. What do you what apologize she said. for, though? Just the the name calling, or yeah, or for the, it was more than a name calling. It was like a straight up hate campaign, and a lot of people like 
believe that that what you did there like was very impactful on her career i guess specifically a lot of people like started to shift their perspective of christina through the the postings you've made um and i and i guess like i saw goes back to what i said too you know like the power of words i, I didn't say that but like you know what you say can not just hurt you obviously and hurt you for the rest of your life but it could really hurt other people and I saw that, like, and I don't know if this is a conspiracy or what, but someone said that you were friends with Lady Gaga at the time and you were helping, like, tarnish Christina to help boost Lady Gaga. Is there any, like, truth to that at all? Or Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I thought you were going to be like, no, that's a complete no, conspiracy. No, I mean, she didn't explicitly say, I want you to write negative stories about her, but she would call me complaining about Christina Aguilera and Christina's copying me and this and that. And, yeah. you know, we would, we would talk on the phone all the time and see each other in person all the time. And in my misguided way, that is how I was quote, helping my friend. But to, but I've never said that Lady Gaga told me to do those yeah, things. Yeah. Like you weren't like, this was the reason why it just, yeah. you know, um, maybe could have influenced your own behavior to do that. But then I, it's weird because what is your relationship with Lady Gaga? Because at some point I saw that there was like a tweet that she sent out calling you like a stalker because you were in her. There is no relationship with Lady Gaga. Unfortunately, uh, things did not go well during the filming of an episode for this TV show that I was doing. And yeah, I take, a, I, I regret hurting her feelings and she also really hurt my feelings in a major way mm -hmm. so i am happy that she's seemingly in a much better place now and i wish her the best when was that episode? And, and i can look back that was in 2011. Okay. i can look back and be proud of the fact that you know i knew her before she was famous yeah i believed in her before she was famous and i played a part, maybe small, maybe media, maybe large, in helping her in yeah. the beginning of her career. Was the riff you guys had, was it personal? Like something personally happened? Yeah, she thought I was out to get her. It was so, in my, I mean, maybe it's not silly. I understand everything much clearer now. Yeah. Um, she was jet lagged. We were in Australia. She was very drunk. And we were filming a TV show. And... At that time, 2011, she was the biggest pop star on the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, she was like what Dua Lipa is now or whatever, or Olivia Rodrigo or whomever. Yeah. Um, so any other journalist would have had to, and they were requiring this from journalists at the time who were interviewing Lady Gaga to pre-submit questions to her publicist. Mm. So I didn't do that because I was her friend. And we were having a lovely chat. We were cooking and we were drinking and we were just chatting as part of the interview. Yeah. And then I didn't think it were, there were any inappropriate questions. They just weren't all softballs. Mm. So I said, you know, there was a little bit of backlash with your song, Judas. Yeah. And she just didn't want to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. let's move on. Yeah. So we moved on. And then I guess this was my mistake. Like, we were just having fun, but I, I had two, like two in my mind, I was like, well, it can't just be all fluff. Yeah. So let me get a couple of meaty moments. So I was like, okay, she doesn't want to talk about Judas. Okay. Let's just talk about your boyfriend for a moment. Cause 
She hadn't talked about him at all. Was this this the producer guy, the Rob guy, or no, no, no? no, no. This was a rock and roll dude. Oh, okay. I forget his name. Um, so just I just brought him up, yeah, and just to see if she would say something, you know, just have a comment about the relationship or whatever. And then she got so upset that I brought up her boyfriend that she stopped the interview. Oh, really? And stormed off. And then, you know, me and the crew had flown to Australia for this. She stormed off the interview and then refused to film anymore. And we still had to, to do more with her. Yeah. So I tried to get her on the phone to apologize. Oh, she like ran off, ran off. So she wasn't even at the building at this point. You couldn't like she, run no, after these her. Were, like, this is like the next day. Oh, okay. So like we still needed more that we still needed more. Were you guys planning on we shooting more? Yeah, yeah. We had always planned on shooting more because it was an hour long special uh -huh. and we had only filmed for a little bit in that cooking with Gaga segment. Yeah. So I was just trying to get her on the phone to have a conversation and she wouldn't talk to me mm. and refused to film with us until like the very last day that we were all supposed to go back to LA. Yeah. And then our relationship was never the same after that. Was it an awkward filming that last Yeah, bit? absolutely. Yeah. She was just being kind of cold and. Yeah. But I'm like, how could a friend, even if I did mess up, which I obviously did, but it was like, it wasn't like yeah, I was out you were to like, get her. Yeah. It wasn't like I was trying to make her look bad. Yeah. I think she thought I was trying. I don't get, I don't understand. I mean, I do. Like I said, she was tired, jet lagged, having flown across the world and she was drunk. Yeah. And she was also Lady Gaga in 2011, which also comes with a, a, a lot of challenges. Um, but just the way she treated me after that, like I've had disagreements with friends. I've ha had moments where people make mistakes, but then she was straight up cruel and nasty and just, there was no, uh, on my part, there was no fixing that. Yeah. And there was clearly no attempt on her part either. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much the last And of that it. was that. Yeah. Did 2011. You, did you feel some type of way after that? Like, did you cover oh, her yeah, differently? Oh yeah, I was angry and Did hurt. you like cover her like spitefully on your page? Kind Probably, of like, yeah. yeah. And this was after my change, but I was still human and I yeah. was still bitter it's like a, a marriage that doesn't work out especially if you feel like you're the wronged party if mm -hmm. you're the wife that has just been screwed over by the husband yeah i think it's natural to feel resentment and bitterness but now i'm at a place where like i said i look back on the happy times and yeah. i'm happy and fond memories only yeah and you can humanize her in some ways by saying you know she probably was you know traveling exhausted and, and she was just... going through other issues as well which she's spoken about at length do you know lena morgana that's like a conspiracy. Yeah, do you, I, I'm like, I do you think Lady Gaga killed Lena Morgana? No. <laughs> no. I just that popped I'm not in my a mind. conspiracy theory person. Yeah. No, I'm I've like dabbled a little bit, but I I kind of like just stay in the truth, you know, in reality. So just before we close up on the like the name thing, so Flop Tina was like the Christina's nickname. Do you have like you were quoted saying that you regret like giving all these like nicknames back mm -hmm. then and such? And I think that's admirable, but do you have one that you like look back on? You're like, that's my favorite like nickname I gave a celebrity or like <laughs> um, if I, I don't, nothing no. comes to mind, yeah. but if I did, I wouldn't share it either. Because, <laughs> no, you're just over that part. You know, what's that just would be doing the same mistake. Yeah. So I want to briefly talk about the 2010 Miley situation. So there was a tweet sent out from your page on a Sunday, the, the worship day, um, <laughs> the holy day. And it was like a picture of 
Miley getting out of a car with her crotch being exposed. Um, I've seen a few different articles claim that this was a fake photo. And at some point, like you were, people were trying to like come at you saying like, you just shared a photo of child porn because it was about five months until she turned 18 and you had tweeted out this photo. I've seen some people claim that it was a fake one. I've seen like a quote from you saying like, I knew it was fake. I would never post this. Um, can you explain like what happened there or what? I probably shouldn't have, not probably, I shouldn't have posted that regardless yeah. of it being fake or not. So that's what happened. I wonder if it is, like, I don't know. I mean, not that I, I didn't even look at the photo or anything, but I'm like, how do you fake, like, when I saw that part, I was like, how do you, like, fake a nude? But um, Well, I don't think it, it was, it wasn't nude. It was just like a, I guess like, yeah, it was just like a peak, right? It wasn't nude. That's, no. yeah. Yeah. Do you have any feelings when it comes to Miley Cyrus? Any type oh, I of think way? she's immensely talented. She's held up pretty well. And like, an icon years. for the yeah. ages. Have you ever spoken to her? Oh, yeah. We've spoken yeah. since then and been a couple of times. Yeah. Well, that was like really old. Like that was a long yeah. time ago. So I feel She's like she... been very gracious yeah. and Miley as well. <laughs> so one celebrity I feel like that kind of gets overlooked sometimes is Kesha because, mm -hmm. um, you know, she's had her whole Dr. Luke situation and everything like that. And when I saw that you posted that, picture of her with the come on her i was like oh my gosh i think prez is just like into come or semen because he's drawing it on everyone he's got like this one it's like kesha some whore something would come all over her and things like that um when it comes to, like that photo in particular do you remember like where you were or like where you were mentally when you like posted that or how you got it or like mentally i was excited i'm like i know <laughs> this is gonna get a lot of views yeah and it did right and even though it's 2022 and I don't post celebrity nudes anymore. Yeah. If, I don't know, um, if Selena Gomez had a nude video or nude photo leak, people would seek that out. Yeah. They would. I mean, it's even like, I think about like the, like Jeanette McCurdy or these, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, like ever, it's like everyone was like fiending over those when they all happened. Um, do you are you familiar with Kesha's story with Dr. Luke? Yeah, it's been an, a years long ongoing story. Do you like believe, I guess, that Dr. Luke did that to her personally? I wasn't there. Yeah, I, um, I think it's possible that she's telling the truth. And I think it's possible that he's telling the truth. Like I said about Britney Spears. Yeah, that it could be. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, if anyone- Do you know? know? No, I'm like, you've been okay. around here for a long time. I was like, maybe he knows something because- I don't know. No, yeah. I mean, I guess Dr. Luke does scare me because he had my Instagram deleted. So- please, Oh, no. Yeah. Don't delete this, please, sir. He had your Instagram deleted? Yeah. It was like December 6th he did because I made a video about him in like Doja Cat or something. Oh, and, no. Yeah. So you, did you create a new one or what happened? I actually got it back, but it took like a month. Oh, my but, goodness. Did you, were you like freaking out? Um, Yeah. I was freaking out so much because I was like, well- I don't even have much of an Instagram following. I have like 40K. So it's but like. But still, that's how I felt, you know, back in December of 2020 with my TikTok. Oh, I'm done. sure. I would have been devastated too. Like, if I like, I feel like also too, if I were to get like a lawsuit, I would like run around to all the press and be like, this is what happened to me. Like, I, I'm being sued by Bob Saget or whatever. And I, I probably would have done exactly what you did and just gone to the media and been like, someone help me because sometimes it does help. And at least like in my situation, I had someone from Instagram reach out and they were able to like help me and change my username and things like that, which those connections are so like powerful, you know, these social media connections. Um, so when it comes to your, just your career online in general, what do you see for your 
future? Are you going to continue, I guess, with the reels, with the podcast? Do you have any, uh, you put, you had a book come out a few I'm, years I'm, ago, but. I'm acting a lot more. So mm. I did two movies this year. I'm really excited about that. Are you yeah. able to share anything about like what they yeah, are? Yeah, both have been announced. Okay. I, I did a holiday movie called <laughs> Forget About Christmas. Uh-huh. It's an Italian American Christmas movie. And I did a horror film. I don't think either of these, maybe the Christmas movie will come out this Christmas, but the horror film probably won't come out this Halloween season. The, the scare, it's a slasher film. Oh, okay. And that's called Bad Connection. <laughs> and I would love to do more acting. It's a real full circle moment for me because I went to college for acting. Oh, you did? Where, mm -hmm. where was that at? NYU. NYU. Are you mm -hmm. from the East Coast? I'm from Miami originally. Miami. Oh, okay. I like Miami. I don't love it, but I like it. <laughs> um, that's really cool, though. Like, yes, yeah, so I'm doing a lot more acting. I started a CBD company, so got to diversify. It's called MyTrue10.com. If you want the best CBD out there, go to MyTrue10.com. I do a lot of talking head stuff um, that pays, so that's good. Yeah. And you know, random gigs pop up. I, I I'd be down. I've done reality TV in the past here and there. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy. I would love to do more of that. Yeah. Um, trying to manifest opportunities. Basically, I just want to keep working. When it comes to the CBD company, did you just like, did you like, cause I know sometimes I've been approached by companies and you could either like, you could just be the face of it and promote it, or you could like be in the works of it? Like, was no, it something no. you developed like from the beginning on? It was a, a company that I'm the co-owner of that been involved in every step of the process and that I know works and is really helping people. Have you, do you use the products yourself? Every day. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, but there's no THC in it because I'm not a THC fan. Yeah. Um, and also that helps us to be in every state as well. Oh yeah. True. Are you, um, you're not in stores though right now. You're just online. Just online yeah. at the beginning. And yeah. obviously the goal is to get it in stores like nutrition stores or even like a Walmart, but it's, it's been very challenging. I like to be honest. Like there's so many things I did not know. Like yeah. on Instagram and Facebook, you can't advertise CBD. Even oh, if there is no THC I've seen in that it. too. I've had issues with sponsorships too, where they like demonetize the whole video just because they're like, you're showing how to sell drugs or how to buy drugs or use them. But you guys can use uh, code Sloan for 20% off your press. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> CBD. Well, um, that's pretty much all I want to ask you. I think it's really impressive that like a lot of people look at me sometimes they're like oh you're like the new wave of like prez like in some ways and stuff and i think it's really important that you're like still out here you're taking responsibility i don't think you're irredeemable but i think it's amazing that you've like accepted if you are because what are you gonna like you're just not gonna live your life like you know yeah i'm 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 so grateful to still even be here. Yeah, and people are still, like, you're still, like, like... yesterday, I was interviewed by the big morning show nationwide in Australia. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, listen, I like to keep it real. I had my it girl phase. <laughs> I'm not an it girl anymore, but I'm an icon. Yeah. And icons are forever. Yeah, and I think, and there's, you've inspired a lot of people to, you know, you've done this and you've built this whole like empire from it. And I think for me too, it's like inspiring because I, you know, I never thought I would ever be in any type of entertainment, anything. And to see like, well, the key really all you youngsters and <laughs> old people too. I mean, the wonderful thing about social media and the internet is you might be able to luck your way into success. Some people just stumble upon virality, mm -hmm. but 
You will not sustain success without an incredible work ethic. You have to put in the hours. And 18 plus years later, I still have an incredible work ethic. Oh, well, I see you. I mean, I cannot, I hate making reels or TikToks mm -hmm. or anything. And you like stay making those. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to be doing those things. So do you see like a retirement for you at any point? I mean, or? I would, that's the dream. I would love yeah. to retire, but I have too many expenses. Yeah. I have three children and my mother that I also financially support. You know, that's why I stay working <laughs> as hard as I do. I don't have FU money in the bank. Yeah. If I did, I probably wouldn't retire, but I often, and by often, I mean almost daily dream and fantasize about what choices would I and would I not make if I didn't have to worry about money. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That's like 99% of people out there. 99% of people out there don't have FU money in the bank. You have to keep working. Yeah. So that's okay. But I'm tr I've learned from my past financial mistakes as well and trying not to repeat my same financial mistakes to learn from them. And, you know, my three mantras are save more, earn more, spend less. Okay. Invest, like, diversify. Like, let me write it down things. real quick because this is all new for me. It's very important, you know, mm. and, and I'm old school. Like I wish I would have invested in real estate when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Real estate's the way to go, I think. Yeah. Well, I need to get on it, but yeah. I wish the best for you Thank and your you children too. and your mother. And I just um, excited to see what what's going on in twenty years from now. Well, I'll still be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll still be, able to be coming in on a walk. I'm like a cockroach. You're yeah. not getting rid of me. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Prez, for coming on. Everything will be linked below. So go and check out his podcast, his CBD, and his socials, and his secret TikTok. And <laughs> I'll see you guys in a new episode soon. Bye, guys. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.